Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's, let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. I'm Cherry Garcia, and I thank you for joining us here tonight. Today is October 1st, 2015. Can't believe it's October already. And we're about to start the Mike and the Mike show with Big Mike Albright, who actually uh, is not with us tonight, but has invited a guest host who I'm going to introduce in just a moment. And we also have a great guest with us tonight uh, from Survivor Worlds Apart. We have Dan Foley joining us tonight. And um, it's going to be a great show. I just want to remind everybody that you are invited to call in and talk with us, talk to Dan Foley. Uh, and Big Mike is supposed to call in later in the show at some point, I think, to be with us for about 15 minutes a little bit later. So not sure exactly what time he's going to call in, but we might have our usual host on with us for a little while later on in the show. Um, but the number to call is one three four seven two three seven five five zero six. Once you're on our switchboard, please press the number one key that lets us know that you want to join us on air and chat with us and that you're not just listening to the show. So with that being said, um, myself and Paul from Minnesota will be your co-host. We're going to check in with Paul up in Minnesota and see how he's doing, and then we'll get this party started. Paul, how are you up there in Minnesota? I have to veto that it's October. Do I have I that power? I wish you did, Paul. I really wish you did. I'm not ready for it to be October yet either. Uh, Pretty soon I'll be talking to you and you'll be telling me how much snow you la, have on the ground. La, 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 la. <laughs> I know. That's a bad word on this show. Uh. I know. I know. Well, we have Tony as our guest host. The, the reason I'm dragging my feet 
I introducing him is because I'm scared to death I'm going to mispronounce his last name. So <laughs> what I'm going to do, <laughs> and you can tell I'm dragging my feet a little bit, can't you? <laughs> so what, I'm just going to bring him up on air and say, welcome, Tony, and have him tell us how to pronounce his last name. So, Tony, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. And would you help me with your last name, please? Because I'm so embarrassed right now. Oh, uh, that, that's okay. It's Bachagalupi. Okay. okay. I'm... Ba- ba- the C is is soft. Bachagalupi. Uh, the C the C I makes a ch sound. Bachagalupi. And what's the origin uh, of that? It's Italian. Italian. Okay. Thank Italian. You. Bacigalupi. That's it. Perfect. <clears throat> I did it. I I would have messed it totally up though if I would have tried it on my own. I I wasn't sure and I I hate to mispronounce somebody's name, so I just wasn't gonna do it to you. I just would rather you come I, I, on and, and tell us yourself. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've never I had think. that problem uh with my name. I suppose well, you've never that problem with your last name either, Jerry, so I'm g- grateful for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you've had lots of mis- mispronunciations of your last name, though, right, Tony? I, I repeat that, I'm sorry. Have you had plenty of mispronunciations of your last name? Oh, absolutely. I mean, ever since I was a small kid, you know, and I just learned to say, oh, don't worry about it. You can just go by my first name or just call me Tony B, and, and <laughs> you know, she'll be fine. I'm kind of a stickler about that. I, I hate to mispronounce someone's name, and so I would rather just bring it up and, and have you tell us all on air how it's pronounced, and now we all know. And hopefully yeah. I'll never forget. <laughs> My secret is out. There you go. Mm-mm. Well, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Our regular host, Mr. Mike on the mic, Michael Albright, is away tonight, and we're very proud to have you with us and uh, sitting in for him. It was a great episode last night, so we've got a lot to talk about. And your special guest is already on our switchboard. Would you like me to go ahead and bring him up? Oh, you're talk- talking to me? Yes. Oh, um, absolutely. If, if you know, y'all would like that, you go go ahead. Okay, let's do this. We'll go ahead and bring our special guest up right away. We have Mr. Dan Foley from Survivor Worlds Apart on with us. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight? Wonderful. Glad to have you with us. Oh, thank you for so much for having me. You're on with myself, Cherry Garcia, and Tony Bacchialupi, and Paul Reed. And we're all, right. all getting ready to talk about Survivor Second Chance. It was a great episode last night. Yeah, it was definitely an exciting episode. I uh I made the <laughs> I made the trek all the way from Maine up to New York City for the Rob Sestrinino live podcast last night. Wow, how exciting. Uh, yeah, 
it was uh, filled with peril, to say the least. I uh, drove down to pick up Rodney to come with me, and just as we started to get out of Boston, uh, Hurricane Joaquin hit, and he got some kind of distress call from a customer about a leaking roof, and I had to turn around and bring him back, so I got stuck in rush hour traffic out of Boston, and the hurricane hit, and I lost the anti-lock brake system on my car, but by oh God, I pushed God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't, but, I, but, but I made it. And then um, we watched the show, did the live podcast, and then um, we, did, we went to an after party. And then at like 3.30 in the morning, I started driving back home to Maine. Wow. So, yeah, I, I wow. stopped at a little truck stop. I get like two hours of sleep. So uh, my, if I'm a little... Uh, off my game tonight. I apologize. Well, no, no, no need for apologies. Yeah, well, I, I understand. It's 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 exhausting. Only two hours of sleep. But yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually here at work right now. So. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully I'm not going to lose you guys, but um, oh, no. I'm gonna I'm I'm about to punch out the lunch so I can give you guys some time for sure. Okay. Oh, that's fine. Where do you work at, Dan? Yeah. I'm a technician for the U.S. Postal Service. I repair okay. all their automated all their automated equipment. Wow. So people thought that just because I work at the post office, they automatically presumed I'm a mailman. But I'm I'm I was probably the most blue collar worker on the tribe. Um, I work at the post office 40 plus hours a week. I work during the day as an electrical apprentice to try to get my license. I own a couple of apartment buildings, and I do the majority of my own work. I'm an auto mechanic, a drywaller. Um, there's very little that I, that I don't do, so I like to stay busy. My husband's a, a good old union guy himself, so. All go right. Good for you. Yeah. Go to laborers, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, we've been, <laughs> hey, we built this country. That's, That's how, it right. was, how it is. That's right getting away from that these days you got to get back to it yeah yeah the, the old the old old school work ethic doesn't seem to be around anymore no amen to that so so what's on the agenda for tonight kids well do um, I, uh, Tony I? do you want to start yeah uh yeah I, I guess I mean First off, I mean, how did everybody feel about uh, not only last night's episode, but how the season is going so far in general? I, in my opinion, I, I think it's, oh, I mean, a very clean, like almost flawless uh, storytelling so far. Well, the one thing that I was concerned about is when the whole season started is that you have got a monster quantity of strong players. And yep. I, was really, I was really worried that a lot of people were going to get lost in the shuffle because there just wouldn't be time. But I, I think I read, on, I read this term online, and it's called hyper-storytelling. And basically, it's, it's, it, it, you know, it sounds like the equivalent, and it almost seems like it a little bit. It's that it's like ADD storytelling. They give you a quick little hit of somebody, and they move on. But right. obviously, there's some very, you know, Varner is getting just huge airtime right now. Yeah. You know, 
and for good reason. Um, you know, I think this concept is brilliant. I think the concept is is absolutely genius. Um, yeah. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this season progresses. I I agree. I think we. One thing that was good about this season is we didn't have to have that initial few weeks where we all had to learn the cast. You know, we know the cast already. We know what they're about. We know who they are. And so we skipped all that. You know, we, we know yeah. all the the players already. They and didn't so have to we waste a lot straight... of time on character development. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, it, 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 we but, went straight it, but, to gameplay. And right. it's been gameplay, you know, hit <laughs> straight away as soon as well, as soon as they got they're, there. They're really hammering the uh, old school versus new school mentality, which, again, it's 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 kind of a double edged sword because just because you played the game recently doesn't mean you don't have old school mentality. And I mean, the, again, the perfect example parallel in our season is. Blue Collar hit the camp, and right away, you know, Mike's like, okay, who can do fire? And I'm like, I can do fire. And he's like, I can do fire. And he's like, all right, you do fire, and I'll take care of the shelter. And, you know, people were gathering stuff, and it was camp life right away. But there were still the nuances of, hey, how about you and me go for a walk together, and we'll try to try to do a little bonding. And so it, we definitely had to blend. But I, what did they refer to it as? The uh, shelter versus beach people. Yeah. Right, and right. I was, I was talking with Max about it last night. And I got to tell you, I mean, obviously things are going to change up next week. But if you've got people who are building the shelter, building the shelter, building the shelter, and people who are simply walking on a beach, walking on a beach, and you're dumb enough to vote out a, a strength member, a strong member like Vetus, in lieu of Abby Maria, that's just dumb. That's bad gameplay in my book. It is way too early in the game to be worrying about, can I trust this person at the merge? Because if you keep going to tribal council again and again and again, your numbers are going to be decimated. And by the time the merge takes place, you're just going to get picked off. Abby, I've met Abby. I think Abby's a sweetheart. I love her to pieces. I do. But she is she is the, the worst performer in the history of the game when it comes to challenges. And to keep her in lieu of Vetus was just a bad move. Right. I agree. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems like the, the two sides were like, what what do we do, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? And then you got those kind of like the swing boats in the middle. And, and you, we saw that again uh, with last night's episode with Spencer and Sharin, you know, which direction do we go into? And it was just, well, again, off by one vote, and it happened to be Sharin. Yeah, but who was that one vote again? That was Varner. Varner is yeah. doing a beautiful job playing yeah. both. I mean, he is... He's playing both sides of the fence with the, my classic, you know, phrase "flippers never win," which right. I will, re, I will, I will modify to "flippers rarely win." That way, people right. stop beating me up over my comment. But, um, <laughs> but Varner, right now, it's working out really well. 
He's personable. He's lovable. He's got the whole Barney Rubble, no sleeves and a tie on going on thing. And um, he just, I'm telling you, eventually this is going to come and bite him in the butt. This is absolutely going to bite him in the backside, just like it did with John and Jacqueline. They just, they never chose. They just kept flipping back and forth, flipping back and forth, and eventually it's going to haunt him. Well, um, we have um, we have a caller. If you'd like to have um, take a question, uh, sure, bring it on. Yeah. Okay, we've got somebody that I sure I'm sure you know, Tony. We've got Mr. Chad Kincaid on with us. How are you, Chad? I'm good. How is everybody? Great. Good Wonderful. Um, what did you guys think about last night's vote? I personally wasn't hurt. <laughs> that is a wonderfully PC way to phrase that. Yeah. Uh, I know myself. I was I was sweating it out. I was almost I was sure Spencer was was gone, but then you know because uh, he, he kind of held that vote, and then it's the second person voted out, and it was Sharin, and I just uh, almost fell out of my chair. Uh, I, and I wasn't, you know, trying to celebrate, but I was kind of like, you know what? I kind of felt like this sense of almost a sense of closure. Maybe I, I can't really explain it right now, but I, I feel that, you know, maybe this wasn't thing for her to be out here right now yeah. so soon after last season. And, you know, I, I hope that she takes it as a learning experience and you know we'll move forward but that you know that's up to her and that remains to be seen but I think it was a good decision I think it was the best decision for the tribe I couldn't couldn't agree more and that ties into the very first vote because they got rid of a strong player in lieu of Abby Maria and if you look at challenges and you're you're actually going to try to compare Spencer to Shireen? No, that's there. There is no comparison to keep the tribe strong. That was the best move. It, right. You know, and that's 100 percent the way to go, and that was the right thing to do. But we just kept talking about the parallels between Shireen's first season and yeah. Spencer's first season, and Spencer is doing exactly the same thing. The first episode, he's like, I'm not going to treat people like chess pieces. And that all he wanted to talk about was numbers and logic. And all you had to do was just simply talk to Abby. She doesn't care about yeah. the numbers. She doesn't care about logic. She wanted somebody to talk to her. Right. Hey, Dan, I don't mean to show any disrespect to your season, but uh, I'm curious about how other people on the air also feel. Um, I was somewhat surprised that Shireen was voted in in the first place. Uh, what what do you attribute uh, her getting on uh, to? Was it uh, a sympathy thing uh, for her, do you think? Oh, um, I don't want to get you in trouble here, but... No, 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 no. But, hey, trust me, I'm not afraid to speak my mind. I'm just, I'm just trying to find, I'm just trying to find a polite way to phrase it. Um, and I, I genuinely appreciate the question. I think it's a legitimate question. Um, at the end of the day, CBS and Survivor is a business. 
and they are in the business of money. And ratings equal money. And Shireen was originally portrayed as annoying with Max. Uh, you know, the two of them together, you know, and Max really felt, he felt the same way I did. He felt like he got a raw deal, and they didn't represent him very accurately. Um, and I think Shireen garnished a lot of attention, and she garnished a lot of sympathy. And I, I, I really think that that's, I, I really do think that's the reason why she got, you know, she got brought back in because at the end of the day, I think she was good for ratings. Okay, that brings up a second question real quick here. Uh, watching this selection episode, the camera went to Max, and it appeared, it appeared to me like Max went, oh, thank goodness I didn't get picked. Uh, was that just for the camera, or do you, do you think you really felt that way? No, um, I, I, I had talked to Max quite a bit before, and Max was very, very torn about playing versus not playing. And um, I, I think he was going to be happy either way. I think there was definitely going to be, uh, you know, there was going to be that dichotomy, that double-edged sword, no matter what happened. I think if he gotten chosen, he would have been thrilled and bummed. And he didn't get chosen, so he was bummed and thrilled. So, you know, I, I think what you saw was legitimate, but I still think there was some very, there was some deep conflicts within him over the whole thing. That's understandable. Yeah, because they say they say it's exhausting to play back to back. I know uh, Colton told me uh, after One World, or no, I think he said this in an interview, or I, I can't recall, but uh, he said they had talked bringing him back for one of the tribes for Philippines, but it was it was way too soon, way way too soon. And especially, you know, for him, you know, what happened with him, uh, you know, getting medevac slash quitting. quitting uh, yeah, there you was, go. That's that's more accurate. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was it was too exhausting. I mean, yeah, playing back, even Russell Hant said that the first like week or two uh, on Heroes versus Villains, he was throwing up like every other morning. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely takes, uh, and I can completely relate to that because uh, for the first week and a half, um, yeah. starting at about day five or so, yeah. up until about day 12 or 13, I, I could barely eat. Anytime I yeah. started to eat anything, I would just vomit. Um, wow. And my, Mike, Tyler, uh, Joe, Rodney, they'll tell you, Sierra, that I ate half the food everybody else was eating because I couldn't eat it. I literally yeah. couldn't stomach it. And once I finally hit the plateau, I could eat, but I still couldn't eat everything that every, you know that I was given. So I would give my food away. Um, I think it really does take a very uh, a very specific type of person. And uh, and again, I don't mean any disrespect either. Colton is a horrendous example. He is an atrocious example. Russell Hance is a good example. He made it deep, back-to-back season, final tribal council. Uh, Malcolm, there's another great example, back-to-back seasons. Um, as soon as Joe got home, I talked to him like two, two or three days after he got back. And I said, listen, I want no spoilers. I just want to know if you're healthy. And yeah. he goes, dude, I'm 100%. I'm good. Everything's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it really does take a, a certain kind of person 
And obviously Colton didn't have what it took, not just yeah. to play the game once, but to certainly not play the game twice. And, yeah. uh, you know, as far as the physicality goes, I mean, really, you think about it, it's been nearly a year. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like nine months from when we finished until the start of this season. So it's, yeah. not really, it's not really that close. You know, it's being shown like it's closer than it was, but there was almost a full year in between, you know, Shireen and Joe playing yeah. in, you mm-hmm. know, in our season. So there's, there's more recovery time there than it, than it appears to be. So do you think Joe will go far this season? Big red, big red, I'm very sorry. What was that? Do you think Joe will go far this season? Uh, Joe, Joe, Malcolm, Ozzy, um, these are the archetypes that they always want every season. And I think the most profound thing spoken all season so far was Jeremy Collins when he said, I need to align with Joe because I need him as a shield. I think Joe is in incredibly personable, charismatic, likable, friendly, warm, open, welcoming to anybody and everybody. He makes camp life better. He's crafty. He's fun to have around. He is a beast in challenges. And I don't think they'll get rid of him before the merge. But as soon as the merge takes place, I think he's going to be public enemy number one. I think he's just going to mirror his last season. Yeah, Stephen Stephen Fishback uh, said in a confessional uh, last night's episode that, uh, yeah, that is somebody uh, I want to keep around, uh, but until the merge, uh, I, you know, I'm going to try to and keep then, Right. And yeah. uh, the, 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 the Joes and the Malcolms and the, the Aussies, those are the, those are the, Survivor, those are the castaways that are kind of on a uh, a balance, kind of like a teeter totter. Uh, they can go either way, and the almost the only way they can make it to the end is by immunity runs. Almost. Um, I don't. I mean, if you've got players in the game, if you've got real savvy players, nobody wants to bring somebody like that to the end. Nobody does. So, I mean, I I can't see a cast unless, again, they're just, they have no idea, unless it's all recruits and somebody like Joe. Yeah, I can't see people wanting to bring Joe to the end. That's just, that's just dumb. You know, that makes no sense. The only way that Joe could get to the end is an immunity run. If he can convince if he could actually dial back just a little bit and he could show that Beats or Savage or Jeremy or Tasha or Kelly Wentworth, if he could show that these people are bigger threats than he is, he might be able to get a buy for maybe a week or two, get rid of some other stronger players first, and then make his run. That's right, possibly the only way that he could do it. Yeah, almost, almost like a Fabio, almost. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, if he uses the same mentality that everybody used him for, get the other people as your shield. Convince everybody around you they're the bigger threat. You know, I mean, that's, that's exactly what Mike did. He's like, Joe's the biggest threat. We've got to get rid of Joe. Once we did, Tyler's the biggest threat. We've got to get rid of Tyler. Right. And at that, at that point, it was too late. We could never get rid of him at that point. Yeah, and I remember watching that. I'm like, no, no, no. Y'all should have gotten rid of Mike a long time ago. And he we just put on the Well, again, we couldn't get rid of him, and we knew that we needed him. The only place that, that Mike could have been eliminated from my season was when Jen played her idol. So yes. the, fact, the fact that they got rid of Kelly absolutely boggled my mind. Yeah. Why would you get rid of Kelly? She, you know, she didn't pose a threat. She didn't, um, she just, I, I don't get it. I just, I could not understand that logic. And I think it had more to do with what happened at um, the two-tribe mix-up and hard feelings between Jen and Kelly. And Kelly said that she was going to stay with the girls. But as yeah. soon as she came back into our camp, she was right by Mike's side again. And she should have just avoided all of us blue collars like the plague. She should have just right. stayed by Kelly's side the whole time. I remember that now. Yeah, that you mentioned that. Uh, but yeah, all all these dynamics are are so interesting. And uh, with me, with this current season, uh, I don't know if they're just telling the stories better, but I don't know. I, I, I'm picking up the, uh, a clearer. Um, it's a clearer picture of how things can possibly go and, and how they're going in the in the present. And I, with me, I, with with your season, that was kind of the, the thing that was difficult for me is that there was just so much, you know, going on at one time. And I don't know if it, they just weren't telling the story uh, in a more clearer way or, or what, but... I've noticed that with at least with me uh, about this season. Well, think about who you've got in the season. Think about yeah. So one of the things that I've, I kind of I don't know it's a little Danism or whatever it is when they when they tell the story they are literally manipulating time because yeah. they know how it turns out. Right. So they go to the beginning, and they can pick and choose what they want because they know what's coming in future events. Right. How much, how much time have we seen from Sierra? How much time have uh, we seen from Monica? How much time have we seen, you know, from, you know, there's several people that we've heard virtually nothing from, which, you know, I mean, Kelly Wentworth, if she didn't find that idol last week, how much time do you think she would have gotten? Probably not much. Not much, no. Yeah, so and I, again, I love Kelly, uh, you know, and I have nothing against anybody. I think that's part of the storytelling. So what we're, what we're seeing now is we're seeing a very empathetic-looking savage, a very empathetic-looking Jeremy, you know. Here's a couple right. of guys that, that cried right, right away thinking about their wives. And, right. you know, you know, we're seeing major players already. And, I, again, looking at the way that the, they tell the stories, I think those are the people that we need to really watch. 
Right. I, I I agree. Yeah. I like how I like how you shed some light on that. Uh, anybody else need to co- want to comment on that or? Yeah, I know. No. hasn't got much airtime either. Yeah. Um, I was all garbled. I missed that last part. I'm sorry. Um, I was. I was. Kimmy Kaplanberg hasn't got much airtime either. There you go. Kimmy's gotten very little FaceTime, yes. Um, I think so far the best line that she's had and one of the very few lines she had is, oh, I think Chris Mack is looking for the idol, as she laughed when she said it. Yes. And uh, uh, and it doesn't seem that they they have reiterated uh, any kind of uh, the old schoolers who are kind of sitting back and and being comfortable that they're in any kind of danger. So I'm wondering if they're going to, uh, particularly on the Bayon tribe, down the road, they're going to uh, pretty much, you know, light the fire under their asses and really start playing. Well, again, it's all going to depend on this mix-up. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's really this, – this could be a great thing for Fishback. But at the same time, it could be a really bad thing. Um, right. Again, it's just my opinion. But I think a three-tribe scenario is worse than a than a two-tribe scenario for yeah. a week for a weaker player because there's so little place to hide. To hide. You know, exactly. if you're in a tribe of of eight, nine, or ten people, you know, I guarantee you, there's at least two or three goats on that tribe. But if you're on a tribe of six, holy cow, you might be the only goat there. Right. And, you know, and at this stage of the game, it doesn't matter. You cannot worry about alliances. You have to be concerned about not meeting Jeff Probst, the tribal council. That is, that is all that matters. It, it doesn't seem like a lot, especially with, you know, the past, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 seasons that – these players cannot get that in their heads. I mean, they are just going in and on day one, just immediately get the alliances together. So should we get yeah. out, you know, if we go to tribal council? Like, you know what I'm saying? Which is not the way to think. You're putting the cart before the horse at that point. You right. need to do everything you can. I, I still swear up and down that getting rid of So first last season was a very bad move. Because oh, so, so was athletic, she was fast, she was strong, she was beast in that Knox challenge. And yeah. uh, even Max said it last night, if, um, if they didn't have Joaquin on their tribe to sink all the baskets in the water challenge, our second challenge, Shereen was done. She yeah. would have gone home second. No right. if, ands, or buts about it. We have right. um, another call I need to bring up. Yeah, go ahead and Somebody that I think would love to, to come in on this conversation. Uh-oh. We have our regular host, Mr. Big Mike. How are you? Yay. Michael. Oh. I'm great. I've been listening for about five minutes. Our bonfire's going great. We gave away 60 shirts. It's cold as hell out here, but we're roasting weenies and s'mores and... <laughs> <laughs> and it was an amazing show, and I'm trying to – I don't want to cover anything you guys have covered, but I loved episode two for a lot of reasons. Oh, me too. 
And Mike, I hope I'm not, uh, I hope I'm not uh, causing any destruction on your podcast. You know, I I've never hosted my hosted a post a podcast. So <laughs> Tony, you're doing great, great brother. Don't you sweat lovely. it. And Dan, thanks for for calling in at lunch, man. That's a thank you so much. No, oh, I I can't thank you enough to, for the invite. This is wonderful. But I was basically singing na 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 hey hey goodbye at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have not been happier in a while on this episode, and it's more just the interaction with the individual. Like I, I was loving everyone. It's all these second chance people, but. The person that got to boot, I I thought it was great. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I one of the things that people ask me because all right, I some people knew about me going before I went on my season, mm-hmm. and one some of my really close friends they kept saying, "What's your strategy going to be? What's your plan? What are you going to do?" And I just kept saying the same thing over and over again. I don't know. Because anybody that goes into this game with a concrete, rock-solid plan is an idiot. Because yep. you can't you can't possibly know how you're going to play this game until you measure up the people you're playing against. Game, your game needs to flow like water. It has to change. And it was Spencer and, and uh, Shireen, which looked incredibly similar to Max and Shireen. Nothing changed for her. Even yeah. Max said it last night. If Shireen plays the game 100 times, she's probably going to play the same game 100 times over. I don't think she'll yeah. learn. And those, and those are Max's words, you know. And, and I, I think Cass is one who I think we see changing, and I think she's actually mm-hmm. being seen yeah. as somebody who is able to change. And I think that might get her a little further in the game because she is becoming – much more real person and not playing that chaos cast game that she played the last time. Well, yeah. it's still very early. She's not starving yet, and she's not being stripped well, to the core yet. So, but this still, is true. to to her credit, um, one of the questions, yes, one of the questions that was asked. Well, again, she's also somebody we've seen very little of. Um, you know, except for that really great line where she's like, you know, I, I, you know, this isn't just a poker game. These are real people with real emotions. And that, I expected that to come in. I know a lot of people don't. They're like, oh, I can just turn it off. No, you can't. These mm. are real people you're making genuine connections with, some more than others, but still they're real connections there. And you feel the pain that other people go through. And... I don't think you can play this game. Well, let me t- I'm not going to say I'm not going to make that kind of a blanket statement. I don't think it's easy to play the game emotionless, and that unless that's genuinely who you are. If that's legitimately yeah. the person you are, you just don't give a, you don't care about everybody else, then that's fine. But for the most part, I don't I don't think most people can play that way. It's it, I know I couldn't. It was too difficult. Yeah. Just a handful can do that throughout the history of the show. They can totally detach and, you know, your Brian Heideks, maybe maybe Boston Rob and Redemption Island. But it's really hard to disassociate. He, yeah, but I still think he played with emotion, but he was able to cut those ties. Brian, yeah. uh, Thailand, perfect example. Russell Hance, there's another yeah. one. He had no problem stepping on people um, and bragging about it at the final tribal, which is why he always loses. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the vast majority of people, I think people like Brian, like Russell, are definitely not the norm. Mm-hmm. I really think that the majority of people want to go in this cold and calculating and not worry about anything. And then I, I think for the most part they realize you can't do that. And those are the people that tend to do better. And I mm-hmm. think Spencer and Shereen proved that last night. Yeah. Well, when you spend That's 24 finale, hours a day, was... seven days a week with people, you know, I mean, even married people very rarely spend that kind of time together. You know, you go to work, yes. you go, you know, do your daily, you know, whatever you do. And you don't spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, day in and day out, shoulder to shoulder with each other. And so on that, that island, is spot on. you're so connected. You're so right there with each other and there's nowhere to go. You're, you're right there with each other all the time. How you cannot build you know, connections with these people, I you would have to. You would have to have some sort of bond and connection. You know, I've never been out there and played the game and I could I could see how you would have to have a great bond being out well, there with the time that is spent. Well one of the things I mean I got I got beat up for a lot of different things in my season. But one of the things that people really gave me a hard time for was the fact that I was so angry with Mike. And, I mean, again, part of why I was angry was not about being voted out of the game, per se. What I was more angry about was I knew the next day was the loved one's visit, and I wanted to see my wife. Oh, and, yeah. I told, and I told him that, and he took that from me. And, I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear. Everybody knows exactly how I feel about my wife. And I was, I was seizing over that. But nobody seemed to make the parallel that Ozzy, when he gave that, that final tribal council speech to poverty, when he looked at her and said, you chose money over our friendship. Now, I've made it, I made it clear in casting. I'm like, listen, I don't want the money. Give it to my wife. I don't care what it is. I don't care what I make. I don't care what you pay me. Give it to her. I'll sign anything you want. I don't want it. The money's hers. And I'm listening to Jeremy last night, and I'm crying. Uh-huh. I'm, I, was, I was away from my wife for you know, like 18 hours, and I'm crying because I felt the parallel. It was like I was back there again. He was saying all the same things that I said. And, uh-huh. I, you know, and it's just... You, you, it's so. It's when you when you just love somebody like that. It's just there are just no words. Yeah. I have That's a question. Incredible. Um, Dan, from the Second Chance people, everyone there, the you know, twelve guys, twelve girls. Who are you? Who are you surprised that made it, and who are you surprised that didn't make it? And how does that correlate to the show now? I had. 19 out of 20 people picked correctly. Wow. I had, I had good. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I had 19 out of 20 people chosen correctly. I think the only person I got wrong was uh, Shane. Shane? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think I, given. I didn't think so. I thought he was, I, because I saw Terry Deeks and Andrew Savage as too similar. 
I thought they uh, needed a potential power player who was an antagonist. So I yeah. took, I, and I knew that Savage and, and Probst are buddies, so I knew Savage was a lock. So I, I think my original card said that Beats was not in and Shane was. Okay. Same for me. My my biggest shocker was T-Bird over Kimmy, but, I, yeah, I was... I, people buy illegal weapons. So, but, yeah, Shane, that's one of the darkest things ever happened, I think. Yeah, I, and he was, he was pissed. Oh, he yeah. Went, <laughs> yeah, he was storming out one of the side doors, and he was, he was furious. Oh, really? Oh yeah, yeah he was furious. At the party, it was crazy to watch. I felt bad because you could actually see. Well, she made a good front. It looked like she was totally withdrawn from the process. Who's well, that thing, guys? Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. I'm sorry, yeah, I, can, I couldn't hear you. Water from the uh, from the cam room because we usually have extra water. So this is bigger than we normally have. But we have a good old amount of wood, so. I can barely hear you. Yeah. I think somebody's cutting out. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I all I heard was Charlie Brown's teacher. Oh, no, I never clean up, so. But thanks, though. We'll, we'll put it out, so. Are there, uh, is, is the line cutting out? Or is it? Amber water, so. We should have enough. If not, I'll go get more with it. We'll fill up somewhere. We're not going to use it to anything. We can, if you need to turn it off, go ahead and turn it off. I don't want to. We're going to use what we have. The smother with grand sizes. Big Mike, are you talking to people for, at yeah. your bonfire? Sorry, guys. I'm sure they were. We were talking about water. If we needed to oh. use the host and what volume. Oh. So I was trying to muffle what it's I'm talking about. It's kind of confusing our, our show here. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. I'm, Michael Albright went crazy in the middle of the show. He's not even hosting. Sorry. <laughs> There's a lot going on. The ground. The head groundskeeper was like, you want me to use the water? And I'm like, no, we're okay. Thanks. We'll just dump our hey. Mike, your, your your homework after the show is to figure out where your mute button is. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I didn't even know you were going to be on the show. Wow, I didn't see you were on last week. Well, it might, might be a convenient time to let Tony take the show back, but, Dan, you're more than welcome whenever it's convenient. If we do any roundtables, and, uh, Tony, keep kicking butt, and I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> All right, Mike. We'll Thank talk you, to you man. soon, Thank brother. Thank you, big Mike. Thanks, All right. Mike. Have a great night. Enjoy your bonfire. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. okay so let so me ask, let me ask let me ask you guys a question. Go ahead. Um, I I saw I saw Shireen's exit interview with Dalton Ross and um, Sestronino today, and one of the questions that they asked her was, "Do you think Jeff Probst's comparison?" of what Will did to her and what she did to Abby was fair and accurate. Oh, and how did you respond? I, know, I want to know what you guys say first. Um, well, uh, no, it's not a comparison at all. And she called Terry Dietz somewhere. I saw an interview of a condescending person. I'm like, wait, where is she? What third earth is she coming from? 
Uh-huh. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll read you what somebody else, how somebody else worded the comparison, um, which I thought was very clever. Let me get it up here. Um, this comparison I thought was extremely clever. Um, don't you understand how it says... Um, uh, it felt to me like Jeff Propocet was saying to a survivor of a tsunami, don't you understand how what happened to you is the same exact thing as what happened to her? Um, she was walking on the beach and a wave splashed her and her shorts got kind of wet. It's uncanny. What a parallel. Oh, boy, do we have a storyline now. <laughs> so Okay. I, I got to tell you, I, Shireen's answer was no. It's not the same at all, and I'm I disagree. I think the uh, start. I think the start of how the two scenarios began was not the same. That I absolutely agree with. But the way that the whole thing ended up, and the way the whole thing kind of progressed from the middle point forward, is exactly the same. It's yes. 100% the same. Shireen felt like she was being ganged up on. She felt like nobody came to her defense. And Abby Maria felt the same thing. And Ab, uh, Shireen was complaining because other people had these pre-game alliances from having met. And Shireen spent time with Abby Maria. There was some pre-game alliance there. There was some friendship. They had gone to parties together. They had done things together. And I think Abby expected Shireen to have her back. And when yeah. she didn't, and not, only, not only did she not have her back, she sat there laughing at her. Yeah. yeah. You know, she made no bones about the fact that she was laughing about Abby Maria right in front of her. And I so I see those as I see those as being absolute mirror images of each. I see them as the same thing. Oh yeah, me too. I I agree there. I totally agree. It, exactly. You know yeah, that part of it was true. And I feel I I have to put expand um, on my two cents because because Dan, you know, I have defended through that whole thing. I have defended you and Will. A hundred percent. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell people something. Uh, I myself, I, I'm pretty much a feminist. Uh, you know, I, I've I've had you know past abuses and and traumas and and you know I suffer from PTSD. Uh, there comes a point in your life, preferably in adulthood, where you where you need to stop using that as a crutch. Thank you. And, and thank and, you. And because, and it's interesting that Jeff Probst uh, brought that up at Tribal. Because I, I, I'm oh no, that. no, no! That that is no surprise. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. The moment that whole thing started, all, everybody in production was drooling over this hand-fed storyline. And they're like, yes. could could this be any better? Oh, there was no way that Probst wasn't gonna absolutely jump on that like a wolf on a wounded lamb. Yeah, it, it was like reading between. I mean, listening between the lines. It to me, it was almost like, you know, Sharin 
we protected you uh, on your first season, but we're not going to do it this season. And, yeah, and that's actually, I think that was pretty clear. And she yeah. made it, and she made it easy. You know, again, by the way they presented it, um, she made it look very easy, you know, for, for them to just make this parallel. And, you know, for the record, I, I, I really want to say this. I think yeah. there's three kinds of people that you will meet in the course of your life. The first, type, the first person you meet and you just know instantly you're going to be friends. There's just that kismet between you two. Type number two. You meet this person and you think, oh, this person's very nice. If I see him again, great. If I never see him again, eh, that's okay. It won't break my heart. Yeah. Type, num- type number three, oil and water. They do not get along. They will never get along. Just there's something about, and there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't mean yeah. that one person is bad. It doesn't mean both of them are bad. Just for whatever reasons, your personalities don't mix. Yeah. And I, you know, and obviously, I think it's very obvious that Shireen and I are type number three. We're just never going to get along. And again, I, I genuinely bear her no ill will. I wish her the best. I, yeah. I'm not, dis, I'm not disappointed that she got voted out. I think it was very, it was just dripping in irony and karma the way it went yeah. down. But well, to I, her credit, and to her credit, she did say, "This is on me. All on this me. is." This is my fault, and I'm actually really impressed with that comment from her. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I heard at the last last finale um, she was rude to the fans, and that just totally, totally. I actually, you know, I'm kind of. I really wanted to say it to Mike as well, um, and I'm not. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but. Mike pulled me off to the side at Bob Crowley's event uh, like a month ago after the event was over, and it was the after party, and he had asked me if production had told the contestants not to associate with the superfans, to avoid them. And he says, I'm asking you because of everybody. I know you'll tell me the truth. And I said, no. We were, you know, we were warned that there were some super fanatics to be careful of because they're a little unstable, but... We were never told anything. We were never told about to stay away from the super fans. As a matter of fact, every time Big Mike's name came up, it was nothing but glowing accolades about him. It was nothing but kind, positive. He is the type of fan that people respected and appreciated. And he and I told him that. And he goes, you know, that's really nice to hear. He said, I really appreciate that. And he says, but I got to tell you, he says, most of the cast. You know, they were very polite. They'd say hello to us. They'd sign a few things, and then they'd leave. There was a few cast members who were kind of snotty. They kind of looked down their nose at us, um, and I'm not going to say who they are. And he said there was only two people that genuinely took the time, and he said it was you and Will. He said you sat down with us, you talked with us, you, you answered questions, you told stories, you signed anything we wanted. And he says, he said, you're legitimately the people the fans jet, you know, greatly appreciate. And I was really humbled by that. To have heard such good things about Mike and then have him turn around and say something like that to me, I was, I just, I'm sorry I wanted to say that to him while he was on the radio with us. And I, please pass that on to him because I, it really meant a lot to me. Yeah, oh, will. I'm, I'm sure he'll listen later. And you Let's know, us so. as fans, we we appreciate that more than you think. So, 
Well, and Absolutely. the thing is, is, I'm a fan. I'm just a fan who got to play. I am no different than you guys. I mean, I, I, I've never gone to any of the rallies. I've never gone to any of the, the functions. I don't listen to the podcast because I don't, I genuinely don't have time. It's not because I don't want to. It's because I literally don't have the availability. But I was big in the casting community, you know, the open casting call community, and it was just a big part of my life. And people, I am now one of 460 people that have played the game. And there's 460 people that all got to enjoy the Survivor experience. Not all of us the same, of course. Yeah. But, I tr- but I tried for 14 years. My, wow. destination, my destination was great, but my journey was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, phys- I, I don't know if you guys heard, I mean, I heard, um, heard me say it before, but I physically drove over 25,000 miles to go to open casting calls. Wow. And yeah, that's I, incredible. I mean, yeah. that's casting, amazing. Ca- casting made it very clear that I have set the new pinnacle for trying to get up. Nobody that nobody has tried as hard as me that's actually got on the show. I have met people that have tried harder, but I don't think their personalities are right. I don't think they've got a chance. But I have made friends standing in casting lines that I'm going to have forever. And that's on top of the people I met during the game. So That's incredible. I mean, how, how can I be anything but gracious how can I be anything but, but courteous and respectful? We're all fans. Why would I be that kind of a jerk? Unless, of course, you were a jerk to me. Then I have no sympathy for you. So let's... You'd be surprised. There, there are many reality stars that are coming off of their shows in today's society that come off expecting to be treated like a rock star the moment they get off their show. And, yeah, and they, yeah. they 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 don't seem to realize that it's their fans that that got them there. That that basically some of them, their fans voted them there, you know. Um, but when they come out, they don't seem to understand how to treat their fans or how to you know say thank you to their fans or you know they don't remember that they once were was a fan, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of gotten a little sad, but I'm so grateful to hear you talk about how you were a fan, you're still a fan, and you're still very, very thankful for the fans that you have, and that's awesome to hear, because fans are so appreciative to just get a notice, to just get a hello, or a, you know, how you doing, or any little any little notice from... Well, I mean, a, 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 perfect, a perfect analogy last night was um, I just made the trip to New York. I literally opened my car door, stood up, closed the door, and all of a sudden somebody yells at me, oh, my God, Dan Foley from Survivor. And I look around, I'm like, are you joking? I'm in New York City. There's a million people here, and you recognize me? And he's like, I'm such a Survivor fan. Oh, my God. And I looked at him. I'm like, can I please get my picture with you? And his face lit up like Christmas. 
And, oh, my and he, gosh. And he's like, I should be asking for yours. I'm like, no way. You know who I am. I'm in New York City, and you know who I am. I said, I want my his picture. His name is Kyle. His picture is on my Facebook page right now. I made a point to post oh. it. And I, I put, what's that? That's so cool. Kyle. I saw that yes. photo. Yes. And it was just, you know, I mean, how can how can somebody yeah, be so arrogant? You made his day. I'm he sure you made, made his day. So I just I don't I don't get I just don't get how people can be like that. It's just I I can't understand it. I really can't. Because yeah. well, fans are what make the I, show, you know. Without the fans, there'd be no show. A hundred percent. You know, and as and as and as much as Jeff Probst likes to think it's him, it's really not. It's the players that make the game. I mean, you could you could probably find five or six people that could do almost as good of a job. I mean, don't get me wrong. Probst is great at what he does. He really is. But if they had one turd burger season after another with a bunch of lame duck characters, the show would be canceled. Yeah. It's not, it's not Probst that keeps the show going. It's the players. Yeah. It's a, I, 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 I think... think Go ahead, Johnny. Go ahead. I have to say, I'm inc- I am incredible, Dan. You know, as your number one fan, I am incredibly <laughs> jealous of all these people that have gotten their photos with you and have gotten to meet you. And I haven't gotten to meet you yet. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live? What street do you live in? Don't give me your address well, or anything. Just yeah. Well, I mean, you, you see my photo. I, I live in Shreveport. I live not far from Keith. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Very cool. I've been, yeah, I've been going to his uh, viewing parties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you sent me, you sent me a picture of you and Keith uh, uh, last week. Right. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was really I hoping that you Keith. and I would. Well, because you thought you were going to go to the finale, and then at the last minute you couldn't make it. Yeah, because uh, right, I had a last minute emergency. Yes. And I'm I'm not going to lie, Tony, I was really bummed out. You and I have had a lot of conversations online. You know, you were you were always one of those fans. It was it was polite and pleasant and I always enjoyed, you know, chatting with you online and I got to tell you when the season was going, I would spend hours every day trying to respond to every single person that sent me an instant message. And it was it was so taxing and time-consuming, but it and really is, yeah. But, yeah, but how can you not? How can you just ignore people like that? It's just rude. It's just disrespectful. You know, if somebody took the time to, to, to say hi, why wouldn't I say hello back? You know, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, so, I'm still so humbled when people want a picture with me. When people ask me for my autograph, that still boggles my mind. So I, I never want to say no. And, and, that, and that's noble of you, you know. I, I, I that just, you know inspires me. But sometimes, you know, you do have to remember that there is a such thing as, as doing too much, and and you have to you have to take a break. Well, I mean, to me, the break was I can't get it all done today. Well, that means I have to do extra tomorrow to get caught up. And yeah. you know, sometimes I wouldn't go to bed until one, two, three o'clock in the morning. But I always cleared my list. I always yeah. cleared out. I always cleared the feeds out. 
You know, I didn't respond to every single comment on my Facebook page. Oh, but yeah. if you but if you took the time to send me an IM, you got a response. That's amazing. And you have to give yeah. attention to that beautiful wife of yours too. I mean Exactly. <laughs> you know something Aaron Aaron has been just incredible. She knew that this was I don't know how many times I, I went to open casting calls and okay, so I met this it was me, a gentleman by the name of Gary Baggett from Texas and a woman by the name of Maria Bruno out of New Jersey. And the three of us met at a casting call in South Carolina two years ago. And, uh, and we were just, we were like type, we were like number one, just instant friends. We just knew instantly we were going to get along. We were the three musketeers. It was awesome. One month later, we met again in Atlantic City for the casting call at Trump Towers. And, uh, Trump Taj Mahal, rather, excuse me. And then after that one, I went home to my wife, and she said, how was it? I said, oh, it's great. I saw Gary and Maria again, and I saw Chris and Trevor was there and you know, a bunch of other people that I knew from other casting calls. And I looked at my wife, and I said, hey, honey, how would you feel if I went to Vail, Colorado for the weekend with a woman I've only just met? And, <laughs> and she, said, she said, Survivor, huh? And I said, yeah, there's a casting call in Vail, Colorado. And she said, who are you going with? And I said, it's Maria Bruno. I literally had just met her the month before. And she said, well, why are you, why are you getting a place with her? And I said, because it's going to save us money. It's going to be a lot less expensive. We'll probably get a one-bedroom. She'll take the bedroom. I'll sleep on the couch. And, you know. and she came over. She kissed me on the cheek. And she says, if you don't have trust, you don't have anything. She goes, I love you, and I trust you. I don't want to stand in the way of your dreams. Go. You have fun. And oh, is, my gosh. This is, this is what I have in my life. So if, that if, is if amazing. I, I know there are still people out there that think I am just a major league D-bag. But let me put it to you this way. I am the nicest guy in the world. I will be the first person to extend my hand and say, hey, how you doing? My name is Dan. If I treat you like a jerk, chances are you probably need to look in the mirror. There's a reason why I'm treating you that way. I got along great with Andrea, but Eliza and I clashed a little bit last night. Go figure, huh? (laughs) See, a problem that a lot of these... A problem that a lot of these fans have, and I, I've said this so many times, is they can't differentiate real life from the TV show, and it's sad. Well, it's, it's funny because in some ways people seem to take that to the extreme, though. <clears throat> because... Number three, the back on 32 and 33. 32 and 33. Three. I don't know where that's coming from. Hold on, just... No, that's me. Hold on for a second. Okay. I'll start with 32. I might be me. I might have to go get that. Um, The thing that people seem to automatically want to do is they just want to presume that you aren't the person you are on TV. They want to presume that that is definitely a character that you're playing. 
And to a certain extent, they might be right with some of those people. But in my case, it's not. That is exactly who I am. I will tell it to you like it is. I will give it to you straight, whether it's good news or bad news, because I'd rather stab you in the heart than stab you in the back. I am the guy that will walk up to you and say, hey, Tony, and I'll hand you a tissue. You've got a booger hanging out of your nose. You might want to get that. <laughs> now, that's how many people, you have to think about it. How many people would do that for you? I guarantee you the vast majority of people would not tell you you had a booger hanging out of your nose because as soon as they tell you, you're going to be embarrassed and they're going to be embarrassed because they embarrassed you. I will tell you that booger is there because now I know your embarrassment ends with me. Yeah. And most but people, I think, person. would be... that's a true friend. You know? Thank you. I've done it to strangers. I've seen strangers walking down the mall, and I see something on their shirt, like a piece of spinach or something. And I'll walk over and say, hey, you got a little something right there. And they're a little shocked at first, and they're like, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, so I, that's, I, I just... I think that's I cool, just, you know? I, just, I think that's the way people should be. Yeah. And, you know, down south, you know, we are taught to have manners and, and quote-unquote, be nice to people. And we, we, we're, not, we're, not, we're not always truthful to people because we have to have good manners. Yeah, but sometimes being honest is being is having good manners. You know, right. I I agree. I agree. It's just I, I know I know in the South it's it's a really big thing about you know oh if you're going to hurt their feelings don't don't be honest you know you have to have you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean I'm not saying you, you shouldn't lace it with a little bit of tact, but that doesn't mean yeah. you you know you avoid it outright. Right, I I agree a hundred percent. So what did you guys think about Deets going out to Abby last night and spending two hours very, with you? I thought it was very awesome. I, th- I thought it was amazing. I think that is the perfect example of um, a leopard changing its spots. I think Terry Deets had a very difficult time bonding with people his first time around, but that <sighs> act was huge. I thought it was incredible. Yeah. I thought so too. I thought it was amazing, and I think in him, he went out there first just to just to you know say you're not alone, and then they connected more even more on a show level and on a game level, and he wound up getting Abby as a vote, you know, bringing her over to his side, and now you know they've got Abby on the old school side, and it wound up you know working out for him, you know, even better than he thought. He went out yeah. there strictly just to say you're not out here alone and just to He went to her with the purest of intentions, and it just yeah. happened to turn into something, and he was savvy enough to pick up on it. But I think that represents something bigger, though. I think that represents the old-school mentality. I think yeah. that's more representative of the fact that you know, we're playing the game, but we're going to build a shelter, we're going to bond and make friendships, and we'll play the game after the fact. Yeah. But I think this was representative of the same thing. He went over there on a human level to connect with her, and then he realized this could turn into something bigger. But I don't think he went over there with a strategic intent. 
it just worked out that way. Right. And that's what now, some of the, the that's part of what I think the new schoolers have a difficult time wrapping their head around. When you get locked into that those blinders and that tunnel vision because they're not thinking three-dimensionally to the game. And I think Spencer and I think Shereen fell into that. Yeah. I have another question. After Andrew Savage talked about, you know, meeting his wife and had that telling his story, and Jeremy had to walk away because he's hiding the fact that his wife... um, Is pregnant. Val is pregnant. And he doesn't want anyone to know, but he wants to be at home watching her belly grow. But he's playing this game for both of them and his family. He walked away to the beach to shed some tears to be alone and, you know, let some tears flow. Fishback immediately (laughs) says, oh, he's out looking for idols. Savage says, that just shows you where his head's at, Fishback is um, lacking in some of the things that mean everything to me and my tribe, morals, values, loyalty, dignity, courage. So whether I like the guy or not, if it's up to me, his time out here is going to be limited. What do you guys think of what Savage said? Take it away, Tony. Um. I don't know. It looked to me because I think maybe maybe Savage is preparing to play a more cutthroat uh, strategic game because you notice how quickly he went from um, you know comforting comforting Jeremy to oh by the way Stevens up there saying that you're looking for idols. Um, I. I personally didn't see it that way. Uh, you know, with, again, with all due respect, um, I think Savage was pissed. I, I think, think he was. Really, I think he was really pissed off. Um, yeah. You know, we don't know when that confessional took place. You know, obviously but, it took place. It took place after the fact. But yeah. um, I think he was genuinely pissed off. But he showed the tender, caring side, because he started by telling Jeremy right. that, um, you know, I, you know, I figured you came down, blah, blah, blah. I figured I really touched you, and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, put you there. By yeah. the way, I want you to know where Fishback is at. So mm-hmm. I think he handled that right. I think he handled that perfectly. He oh, stayed, he, he stayed with those emotional connections. He stayed with the bonding moment. And then Fishback just put a bigger nail in his own coffin. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm still agreeing with you, Dan. I totally agree with you. I'm not saying he, that he handled it wrong. I was, uh, it was more of a I, I, what I'm wondering, what I'm thinking. Because it's, still, it's only episode two, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, uh, is he playing a more strategic or getting ready to play a more strategic cutthroat game uh, that we don't know of yet. I think he already is. I think he already is. I think that the the alpha males bonded very quickly. Yeah. I mean, they're going to turn on each other as soon as the merge takes place, depending on who makes it. But um, I think that he's already playing that game because if he wasn't, he wouldn't have mentioned it at all. He wanted to make sure that he, he wanted to make sure that he, 
he wanted to make sure that his frustration with that lowbrow comment yeah. was um, he wanted to make sure that comment was shared. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it's at the same time, he's being a, a compassionate human being, which the right. new schoolers are, again, the new schoolers or uh, I guess more of that generation uh, are having a hard time understanding. I don't. I don't think they are having a hard time understanding. I think they recognize it. They just don't agree with it. And I think they're oh, just oh. doing it. I think they're doing it their own way. That that's an interesting. That that is an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you I, know. I, I mean, Mike. Mike wanted to play his game his way, and he wanted to make people play his game. Yeah. And I refused to. It got me kicked yeah. out of the game. No two ways yeah. about it. Do I regret it? No. No way. Because I'll tell you right now, if the same thing that happened to Rodney with Mike happened to me, I'd never forgive myself. Never. Never in a million years. Because Rodney was uh, lured in by Mike to get rid of Sierra. And we we were going to get rid of Carolyn next. That was the plan. But Mike convinced Rodney and Sierra to pit against each other, and both of them got sucked into it. And yeah. the very next tribal council, Mike turns on Rodney, and Rodney gets the boot. So yeah. if, I played, if I played my game Mike's way, yeah. and then I did what he wanted instead of what I wanted, and then he used it against me and got me voted out, I'd, be, I'd, I'd never forgive myself, ever. Wow. Yeah. I can't blame you for that. No. So no. what do you think about the, the idols being hidden at the immunity challenges? Love it. I absolutely I love it. I think that is so cool. One of the yeah. things that uh, I, I saw in a pregame interview with Probst, he said that the idols are not going to be consistent. Some might be very detailed. Some might look like Aussie stick with a face on it. Um, <laughs> but try and tell me this. Tell me this does not specifically catered to Joe. Joe was a yeah. jewelry maker who made a fake idol the last time around. That is right. They, they absolutely, they're placating to Joe for that. Well, I don't think he knows about it, but it's going to come, it's, it's right up Joe's alley. I mean, that's like um, fans versus favorites part two. And Cochran was calling himself the challenge beast. Uh, excuse me, they put how many non-physically-based challenges when you can beat Malcolm? Come on. That's a a total crock. Give me a break. Speaking of jewelry, did you guys hear that two different players got caught trying to smuggle stuff into the Survivor? No. No. Did you what? Yes. Two different players got caught trying to sneak things into this season of Survivor. And really? I can't tell you who they are and what they got caught with. All right, what is it? Okay. Um, PG <laughs> got caught <laughs> oh. attempting to bring in flint, fishing wire, and fishing hooks onto the island. While she was successful at getting them onto the island and past the initial check-ins, 
she made the mistake of announcing what she had done to her fellow tribe mates, causing production to quickly confiscate all of the jewelry she had made. And what she did with the flint was she actually sewed that into one of the pieces of clothing that she wore. And, how, how can and you do you, that? You have, to, you have to send the clothing in advance. I don't know, but it says that once she got there, it says as part of her wardrobe, um, as part of her wardrobe, she's a jewelry designer. She had worked Flint into a piece of clothing. It was like a decorative adornment. Production didn't catch it. So when we hit the beach, she was like, hey, guys, I have Flint. Let's make fire. Production was like, um, nope, you're not allowed to have that, and then took it from her. Um, Monica Padilla, originally Ooh. from season 19, also tried to sneak in some stuff uh, and failed, but hers was like sleeping pills and other stuff in quotation marks. That's all it says. <laughs> sleeping pills and other stuff. Yeah, oh, let's go with paraphernalia on that one. How about How about that? Yeah, <laughs> I heard about I, I heard about PG and the Flint, but I didn't uh, hear about Monica. Did you? Was this an article? Yes. Wow. See, why don't you just evacuate them from the game? You're out. Yeah, exactly. You're kicked out. You cheated. Yeah, you 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 broke you cheated. the rules. Right, you cheated. Get out. You're fired. Go home. You know, seriously, I don't. I, that's cheating, though. That's I wanted, cheating. I wanted that, too. I I would think that, too. If you literally tried to cheat in the game, I would think they would, you know, take them out. But I guess oh, because the, they went through such no. a casting process. How about in this, this instead? How about this instead? You bring all 20 people to tribal council right then, right there, and you bring the accused in front of you, and oh, everybody, with a show of hands, no secret, no secret ballots, with a show of hands, do they stay in the game or do they get kicked out of the game? There you go. There you go. Interesting. You know, Probst always says, it's not my game, it's your game. You tell me what you want to do. Let the other people playing the game decide their fate. Yeah. Once again, Dan, I totally agree with you. I think that makes perfect sense. That's one of the things that people had, uh, people had asked me, if, if I could put any type of advantage in the game, what would I want to use? And I've actually toyed with this idea before. It seems like every advantage is an advantage for you. What if there was the antithesis? What if they gave you a disadvantage that you put upon somebody else? Ooh, yeah. I love for, the way you for, think. Exa- <laughs> for example, um, Tony, you think you're on the chopping block at tribal council. You, when Jeff says it's time to read the vote, or no, if anybody has a hidden immunity idol, you stand up and you say, Jeff, I have a hidden immunity idol. You're safe. And then Probe says, this is a hidden immunity idol, blah, blah, blah. It is now time to read the vote. Now Cherry says, uh, excuse me, Jeff. I also have an idol. She stands up, and, and Jeff says, this is, the, is an anti 
idol. This negates somebody's hidden immunity idol. Oh, and she wow. says, I, and she says, I want to play this against Tony. So Tony's hidden immunity idol now is gone. It, it vanishes. You think you're safe. You go around running your mouth, talking crap, whatever. And now all of a sudden, your hidden idol is flushed down the toilet. Yeah. An idol negator. An idol wow. negator. An anti-idol. Yeah. That's a great idea. I, I would love to see something like that happen. Yeah. I don't know. What That's do I, what do great. I, know? I think that would be amazing. I think that would be a hell of a lot better than Tony's, you know, special idol to put, be played after votes are read. That's a ridiculous <laughs> advantage. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That, it, that wasn't even played, was it? He didn't have to because everybody was too stupid. He yeah. just kept saying, well, I've got my bag of tricks and I've got my necklace. And and all he just and everybody's like, well, he's got the necklace. We can't vote for him. What? Yeah. No. Throw the majority of votes at him. Split him yeah. with somebody else. Force him to use those necklaces. Get rid of those right. damn things. Because it. It's not like nobody's ever lied before. I know, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that's that's the one thing I, n- I never got about uh, about survivors. And hey, I have an idol, and I'm gonna wear it all day. But, and then everybody's like, "Oh, well, we can't vote for him because he has an idol." Right. Well, there you go. Go ahead and vote for him, and he won't expect it. And then <laughs> there you go. Thank you. At the minimum, split the votes. Or, you know, or give it a give it a try. Exactly, because yeah. that's what we did with Mike. We thought maybe there's a chance he's arrogant enough not to play the idol. Yeah. So we still threw the majority of votes at him, and then we threw them. We had to throw him at somebody else. But that was the night Tyler went home, and he was expecting me to go home that night. Yeah. So yeah, you can't you can't let somebody with an idol push you around like that. You've got to exactly. force their hand. You've got to force their hand. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll, they'll, you know, use that against you and walk around with that idol, you know, vote after vote after vote. Yeah. And you'll never get them out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep. Kind of like the saying goes, you know, you got to strike when the iron is hot. Yeah, I mean, but sometimes you also have to you have to think around those situations. Um, okay, so Mike, Sierra, and I were sitting at the river, and they just kept saying, "We have to get rid of Joey. We got to get rid of Joey. We got to get rid of Joey." And I said, "No, absolutely not. Joaquin is a bigger threat." And they're like, "You are out of your mind." And I said, "Listen, Joaquin is going to be every bit the challenge beast that Joe is. He's not as yeah. charismatic." But he's every bit the challenge beast. But he has something that's more frightening. He has numbers. Yeah. Joaquin and Tyler avoided each other like the plague. So we knew they were lying. We knew they were tight. Every time we went to a a challenge, there's Carolyn winking, waving, nodding, blowing kisses. We knew they were still (laughs) tight. Okay? I mean, she was as as subtle as an anvil. Yeah. Um, Now, we figured that they were li- – we knew that they were lying about each other. We knew that they, they were tight. So we presumed that they were lying about Shireen because they just kept saying, Shireen is insane. We do not – we are so glad to be rid of her. 
So since they were lying about each other, we presume they were lying about Shireen. And Joaquin had Rodney, man. He, Rodney was gone. That makes Joaquin five strong, at least the way we saw it. Joe was definitely on the short end of numbers. I said, we got to get rid of Joaquin first. And he, Mike didn't want to do it, didn't want to do it, didn't want to do it. He finally saw that really tight bond between Walk and Rod. And he goes, you're 100% right. we got to get rid of him. So that's why we got rid of Joaquin first. The next challenge, uh, we merged, and Joe won the pole challenge, holding on to the, the telephone pole. So Mike says, we have to get rid of Jen. I said, absolutely not. We have to get rid of Haley. And he goes, now why? And I said, Jen is strong. She's smart. She definitely looks like she's pulling the strings. And he goes, right, exactly. And I said, that's why they'll never see Haley. They'll never see it coming. Joe gave us some cockamamie story about finding an idol and playing an idol. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I think there's still an idol there. I don't know who's got it. But I, we can't vote for Joe, and they, they're going to think it's Jen. So we got to go after Haley. And Mike's like, okay, you're right, can't argue with the logic, can't argue with it. And then at the last second, he ran around and told everybody, vote Jen. Change the vote at the last second. And we all got screwed and lost Kelly. I mean, it worked out great for Mike because he won. But if we, had, if we had won that vote that night, things would have been drastically different. Yep. So... Sorry about that. It's okay. Sometimes it's hard to get people to listen to logic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially, well, especially when somebody wants to play their game their own way. And Mike absolutely wanted to call the shots at every step of the way. And I think he was pretty upset that I called Joaquin and I was right. I think that really bothered him. I think he was very nervous that you know, I was going to start calling shots from then on. And, um, it, you know, I, I didn't want to. I just wanted to make sure that we were working together to get to the common good, which was get rid of Mike. You know, get rid of Joe first, get rid of Mike, get rid of Tyler, you know. And uh, hopefully I'd be stuck with me, Sierra, Carolyn, Rodney, Will. Holy crap. That'd be wonderful. Right. We just couldn't get we just couldn't get rid of Teflon Mike. Nothing bad sticks to him. I have to ask you, how uncomfortable was it on the days when Sharon walked around naked on the beach doing dishes with no clothes? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I am <laughs> so so happy to be able to say. She never did that at the merge. She stopped doing that at the, uh, at the mix-up. So only White Collar got to enjoy that view, and the rest of us never had to suffer through it. Oh, so that's I never, good. Yeah, I never Ooh. saw Max. I never saw Shireen. It was awesome. Yeah, no, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, we had to see some of it on TV, and it was just... Yeah. Yeah, I can't I even imagine being there. Uh, uh, no, no, thank you. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine how uncomfortable it had to be for, especially the married men. You know. Well, look, I think the best line at that whole at that whole episode 
was when Tyler and Joaquin were just kind of blank staring into the ocean while Max is running around naked. And Tyler <laughs> looks and Tyler looks at Walk and he goes, dude, you totally looked. And Walk's like, not even a little bit. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. And what's really weird is Sharon kept her top on but took her, her pants off. Yeah, she I'm said like, that was like a that was like a Burning Man thing that that festival out in the middle of the desert. Um, uh, she said that I, there was some. It, that's apparently that's where it comes from. I've never been to it before because, well, I'm not I a have. drug abuser, so I don't know. But, um, I you I, know I don't, I heard I don't her say it. she was boiling her underwear. Yeah, she kept changing stories on that one. Yeah, I, I don't know I, what the. Real reason is, but it was just uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm Burning Man, and I have never heard that before. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, there you go. More holes in stories. Yeah. Well, this has been a pleasure. Um, just to kind of close out last night's episode. Um. Tony, you want to go ahead and talk about how it ended? Uh, yeah. Uh, we, um, you know, go again, you know, go to tribal council and, and uh, you know, we're being, you know, again, Varner illustrates the old school versus, you know, new school mentality and, um, and the, the importance of, you know, Having you know, needing to form relationships uh, with the people, with everyone, and not playing so fast and so hard, and then you know, we have to get up, uh, you know, paralleling Spencer and Sharon's stories to their previous seasons, uh, and then you know, uh, the vote Are you doing literally showed that. Uh, uh-huh. You know, they swung more in Spencer's favor, and, you know, your friends went out, and uh, so, yeah, that that was an amazing tribal council. Amazing. Yeah. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. (laughs) Well, I wasn't wasn't, uh, necessarily celebrating, but I, I, I wasn't upset. But yeah, I, and again, I it didn't break my heart to see her go. It yeah. certainly didn't break my heart to see her go the way that she went because I just yeah. I felt like that was dripping in irony and and karma. I, I really got yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, the beginnings of all of that were not the same, but the way it played out was identical. It was absolutely identical. Yeah. Um, and I, I really think that, oh, did you see, one of the things that I did hear on, on the exit interview was that apparently when Shireen went up to bring her torch to Jeff, before she gave it to him, she turned around and looked at her tribe, and she goes, oh, for the record, Jeff Barner, he found a hidden immunity idol. And everybody's like, what? And she goes, yeah, he... He found an idol. I saw him dig it in the sand. I saw him hide it. 
oh, yeah, and this is going on, and this is, she was lying through her teeth. Lied about, wow. entire, lied about the entire thing, and then she thought, I better shut up because Probst gets really upset when you do things, you know, like out of, out of the norm. And then she yeah. turned around to get her torch snuff, and he was just smiling ear to ear. Yeah. And he looked at her, and, she, and he goes, anything else? And she goes, yes. And she turned around, and she started trashing people. And she basically was trying to pave the way for Kelly Wentworth and Spencer to be a little bit more protected down the road because she was really pissed off at Varner about, you know, about his flipping. And wow. I, I had tell some you, of the I, best one-liners last night. Oh, yeah. Of all. I got to tell you, I'm really disappointed they didn't show that. You know, yeah. I mean, the only, the only reason why, the only, the only reason why I can possibly believe they didn't is that nothing comes of it. Everybody right. simply took it for what it was. It's her just spouting off just to try to, you know, screw people up. So yeah. I'm presuming nothing comes of it, and that's the reason why. But I do find it very funny that the few things that I've seen online, podcasters, um, the, uh, the bloggers, this, you know, different places and whatnot, people seem to be talking an awful lot about the things that I talked about. They keep talking about the numbers. They keep talking about this is what you didn't see, and they keep talking about the edit. Yeah. And it's like, wow, have I set the new pace for what people actually care about in the game? Wow. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just being arrogant. Sorry, I'm teasing. No. <laughs> well, you have a point. You have a point. So. Totally agree. Oh. So, yeah, Shireen gets the boot, and um, next week there's going to be a three-tribe mix-up, and I'm presuming at some point CBS is going to show a picture which tells us which people end up on which different tribes. So Yeah. <laughs> but we already know one. They already showed a picture of uh, Varner with the Encore uh, boss. Oh, really? Yeah. And nice. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that because they already showed it. Okay. Yeah. They already showed what? They already showed a photo of Varner and an Encore bus. Oh. The 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 new tribe. Oh. What do you yeah. think this this new three split tribe is gonna do? I mean. I'm kind of. I don't Probably know. I'm going to create more chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh, so we're going to see chaos then? Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> we'll have no choice but to. You know, she'll have no choice but to bring her old self back out. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's only a matter of time for chaos, but. I got to tell you, I really hope she learns. I really, Varner really impressed me. Deeds really impressed me. Cass really impressed me. And, I mean, are you seeing a pattern here? It's not necessarily old school versus new school. It's Mm -hmm. wisdom. It's the ability to have enough maturity to recognize who and what you are and be able to make those changes. 
Spencer is too young. Shireen is too young. They didn't learn from their mistakes. Right. So I, I think it's, it's the, the theme really should be wisdom versus youth. That, that is a, a great idea. Because I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the back of my head, that's what I've been, been thinking. Uh, you're, you're seeing a lot of, uh, of that wisdom versus, versus youth. And, and, you know, second chance comes along with that. You know, are you gonna are you gonna use your second chance to uh you know better yourself and better your game or are you just gonna you know go back you know, just No, I, I I think it goes beyond that. It's not are you going to use it, it's are you capable of recognizing what you did wrong and make the changes. I, I really okay, think it's, right. it's like the evolutionary step beyond that point. Being able to change it is one thing. Being able to recognize it is something different. Yeah. And I don't think that Shireen recognized that she did anything wrong. I don't think Spen- – I mean, Spencer recognized it, mm-hmm. and yet he felt – Yeah, he fell right back into his old ways. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does. He seems to be – EMS number two. Yeah. Falling backwards. So, you know, the whole thing is just, um, I don't know. It, it, the whole thing's really been interesting, and I am, I am really excited hey, Mark, for the um, team. You said you really didn't yeah. find anything for this, then 97, uh, 22, right? I really think they did a great job uh, with this. Yes, I sure have. You know, I hope it continues because, you know, it's, it's only episode two, and uh, I hope the momentum carries on. Yeah, I, I think um, this could be one of the best seasons ever. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe second best after Worlds Apart. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. No, this is no. I agree with you. I think the uh, I think the cast is strong. I think the concept is spectacular. Um, yeah. I, I really agree with you. I think this has uh, the potential to be top five, if not one of the top three seasons in the history of the game. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, let's hope this – I mean, they're really riding – come on. They're really riding on a big high right now because of uh, the first two episodes have been spectacular. Yeah. And – I'm really hoping to see this momentum continue. And I yeah. got to tell you, I think they've got the bodies. I think they've got the personalities that they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, okay, so one of, the, one of the last open casting calls I had gone to, I had been thinking about a concept for Survivor. And I had told them in my, in my casting video, I said, all right, I'm going to give you the concept for the greatest season you guys will ever air. And the only condition is that uh, you have to cast me, of course. Yeah. And the se- the season is going to be called Survivor Cutthroat Island. And you are only you are only going to choose from one of three categories that I refer to as the power of ten. People that have been applying for a minimum of ten years. People yeah. that have been people that have been to a minimum of ten open casting calls. 
or people that have physically traveled over 10,000 miles to go to open casting calls. Oh, cool. Because wow. the, you'll have no recruits, you'll have no lambs, no lemmings, no sheep. These people will play the most, they, they will play, they could be bleeding out their eyes and they wouldn't quit the game. These people will give it their all. And I think this season proves that a, a season like that could be great. Wow. Wow. That, that yeah. would be intense, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think they about... They'll never do it, though. Oh, I, I, don't think, I don't think they would, but they should. Yeah. I agree there. Because think about how great this season is turning out. Take this season, and let's say you got rid of... All right, we don't know how he's going to do so far, but... Take out Fishback, take out Sierra, take out Monica, take out um, you know a couple of these others who are who are great. They're good, you know, but eh, so far they've done nothing. They, you know, they've done absolutely. Take rid of get rid of them and put in the equivalent of a poverty. Put in the I mean, put in Shane instead of Fishback. You know, right? Now, yeah. You know, think about how big a they would production would lose their mind trying to figure out how to tell the story because there would be so many incredible things going on. They would really struggle. Yeah. So true. <laughs> so true. I, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, that would be a game where they would just have so much going on that they editing wouldn't know where to begin or end. But I guarantee you, from the fans' perspective, it would be incredible. Yeah. Because the, because the gaming would start so fast, and everybody would just be a monster, major threat from the word go. Yeah. Pardon me, it would be a balls-to-the-wall show. It would be... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you <laughs> could call it that, but, you know. Oh, goodness. It would uh, oh, really? it would be straight on from from the get go. I mean, you guys have been out there trying to get cast for that long. Once you're on there, you're gonna go for it, no yeah, matter right. what. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I mean, it's you know, I had you know, I tried for a very long time to get there, and you know, I didn't want to squander my opportunity. Yeah. But if you had an entire tribe of people like me, if you had an entire tribe of people like Kelly Wentworth um, or, uh, well, I mean, the equivalent of Parvati's or Amanda's and, you know, these yeah. people, Cerise, how about a tribe filled with Cerise, you know? I think she is the, I think she deserves that title, the smartest person never to win the game. Yeah, she's she absolutely is my number one pick for someone who should have won the game. Oh yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, I I think if if Micronesia would have been uh, final three, she would have won. Oh yeah. Ooh, if she and Poverty were on the same final tribal. Oh, I don't know about that. No. I don't. I'm not saying no. I'm saying I don't know. I think it all depends on the jury and how they felt and how bitter they really were. Yeah, 
Maybe because I haven't seen Micronesia in, in a while. Maybe if I go back, I'll, I'll see more of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know about that. Oh, oh, oh that's definitely me. Low cost one. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, over here by Down Spiral Water Act. Weird. Down Spiral One on my way. Um, All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm terribly sorry. I've got to let you go. It's been a real pleasure. I cannot thank you enough for the time, for the opportunity. Seriously, it was was such a pleasure talking with you folks. Thank you. And please know that you're always welcome to come back to the Rad Reality Show and chat with us on any Thursday night. You're welcome to come back to Mike on the Mic and talk Survivor with us. That sounds great. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you so thank much for the time. Have a good night. All right, bye, Dan. Good night. What a that fun night with Dan Foley. Absolutely. I, I, I cannot thank him enough. He, he tells stories so well, and, and I, I just, I hate to hear, you know, a lot of the backlash that, he has gotten and still get from people who just, they just do not get it. I mean, he is so intelligent and articulate and he is so clear in his, his conversations with you mm-hmm. that, you know, you can understand what he's talking about. Yeah. And such a nice guy. And I tell you so often, and I have said this a bazillion times on this show, yeah. you cannot, you know, strike your opinion about somebody on strictly on what they did on their show. You have to mm-hmm. give them a chance after they come off of their show to find out what they're truly like. You know, we've had so many people who, you know, weren't liked on their show for whatever reason. Yeah. But... They come on the show, and after the show, we find out that, you know, they're wonderful people, just incredible people. And after they're off their show, eventually they, they become just wonderfully loved by the fans. And yes. I think Absolutely. eventually that's going to happen for Dan because he obviously is an incredible person. And whether people didn't like what he did on Survivor or not, he is a a great person, and he's very, very friendly and conscious of his fans. And I think that's, you know, going to be seen by the fans over the, you know, upcoming years, and fans are going to come around and fall in love with Dan. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, he's he he's been he's he's been wonderful to me, you know, uh, uh, you know, messaging with me, you know, online, and uh, you know, I had some opportunities to finally get to meet him, but you know, things fell through, and so uh, hopefully in 2016 uh, I'll finally get you know my opportunity. Yeah, we've had people like. Shima from Big Brother and um, a few from Survivor as well. Um, mm-hmm. Nayanka and and you know, yeah. people that 
you know, may not have been fan favorites right from the beginning, but, I mean, people love Nayanka now. Yes, and, and she is a sweetheart. Oh, my gosh, she's adorable. I absolutely love Nayanka. Yeah, well, I, had her last I didn't summer. like what she did on, on Survivor either at first, but people love her, and they should. She is so beautiful and so intelligent and such a lovely, good-hearted person. And yeah. you just can't judge people by what happened in this little bit of time on such a stressful situation yeah. in their lives on Survivor or on Big Brother or on whatever show they might be on. It's such an unnatural environment. Yes. One of the most stressful Mm -hmm. things they'll ever do in their lives. And you just can't judge them for that little bit of time in their lives that we saw them, you know, on a show. Yeah. One of my my quotes, (laughs) I I say this uh, quite often, you know, to people... Oh, so and so, Nayanka, she quit. She no, no, no. And I, I, well, you know what? You go out there. Mm-hmm. You do better. There you go. You know. Well, we're running out of time. Yeah. Tony, you did it, it, a great job standing in tonight for Big Mike. I want to thank you so thank much for being here tonight. My, Chad, my thank pleasure. you so much for being here. No problem. Thank you, Chad. No problem, Tony. It's good talking to you, buddy. You too. We're going to close yeah, it up with Ron, as we always do. And I want to remind everybody to come back on Sunday for our Amazing Race Second Pit Stop show with our host, Louis Stravato, from Season 16. He'll be here oh, wow. as our host every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. So join us for that, and then back here again on Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central for our Manic Monday show with Michelle Costa from Big Brother Season 10. So, again, thank you guys for being here with us tonight. It was a great show. Really enjoyed Dan Foley. Yeah. I want to close the show tonight with Ron, as we always do. Everybody have a great night. Here's Good night, everybody. Good night. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys and thank you all for coming in. God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. Great one. Paul? Good night. Good night. Good night, hon. God bless. And that's a wrap.